1: Hello and welcome to Excel Today. I trust that you've had a fruitful week and you are expecting that our time together will be a great blessing to you. Let's pray together. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this opportunity to share fellowship with you in your word. We ask the Lord your wisdom will be released into our lives. Change us, equip us, empower us, and let everyone watching this broadcast now or may do so thereafter that their lives be touched and transformed by the power of your word. I give you praise and I give you glory, that the Spirit of God is upon me to teach God's word with simplicity and yet with understanding. In Jesus' precious name, amen and amen. (laughs) All right, so God richly bless you for being here today. Go ahead and share the link with as many people as possible so they can be blessed and transformed by the power of God's word. Come with me to our text, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15 to 17 is our text. He said, be careful then how you live. This is like a warning. Be careful how you live, not as unwise, but as wise. So that's where we started from. He says, be careful how you live, not as unwise, but as wise. So there are two ways. That's the first teaching we did, that there are two ways people live. People live as wise or they live as foolish. So that's where we started from. And in all everywhere people are you will find that they are in these two categories i, I like it what the bible says that when uh, rebecca conceived and they were looking at the father the angel visited it says that two nations are in your woman two manner of people shall come out shall be separated from your bows. now those two manner of people are everywhere they are the wise they are the foolish so You either belong to one of those two camps. There is no neutral place for anyone. Either you are walking consciously in wisdom or you are walking unconsciously in foolishness. So we are looking at how wise people live, living as wise. That's what the whole teaching is about. How do wise people live? Number one, we said wise people live by acknowledging God's existence and lordship over their lives. That's how wise people live. The Bible says in Psalm 14 verse 1, it said, The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. Romans 1, 21 to 22. Yes, they knew God, but they wouldn't worship him as God or even give him thanks. And they began to think of foolish ideas of what God was like. As a result, their minds became dark and confused. Claiming to be wise, they instead became utter foolish so those who are wise acknowledge God's existence and then they submit their lives even unto him. That's what, where it begins from. The Bible said the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The acknowledgement of God's existence and his lordship over a person's life ushers him into the kindergarten of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So that's the first way wise people live. Wise people live by acknowledging God's existence and lordship over their lives. Number two is what we are going to focus on today. Come with me to the book of Luke chapter 12, verse 13 to 21. And someone called from the crowd, Teacher, please tell my brother to divide our father's estate with me. Jesus replied, Friend, who made me a judge over you to decide such things as that? Then he said, Beware, guard against every form of greed. Life is not measured by how much you owe. Two guys come to Jesus, apparently fighting over their inheritance, and then one appeals to Jesus to step in and intervene on his behalf. Jesus replies that I'm not who made me a judge, like you just heard. But he goes on to establish something. He says the reason why you are irate, the reason why you are not ready to let go, you want to hold your brother by the neck, is because you are greedy. Then he tells him, your life does not consist in the abundance of things which you possess. I believe that this generation needs to hear that this word again and again. A lot of people find fulfillment, they find meaning, they find success in what they have. The car they drive, the house they live in, the the place they work, the kind of family they have. All of these things are great, but Jesus said, a man's life does not consist in the abundance of things he possesses. Jesus said, life is not in things. If life is not in things, then in what can we find life? Jesus goes on to establish with a story. And by the end of the story, we will see how Jesus measures life. He said, you guys measure life by how much of things you have. I want to show you the true measure of life. So he begins to tell a story. What's the story? He tells a story. He said, then he told them a story. A rich man had a fertile farm that produced fine crops. He said to himself, what should I do? I don't have room for all my crops. This is mumpa harvest. Then he said, I know I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones. Then I'll have room enough to store all my wheat and other goods. I will sit back and say to myself, my friend, you have enough stored away for years to come. Now take it easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, You fool, take note of that word, you fool, you will die this very night. Then who will get everything you've worked for? All the things that you have used to define your life. You are going to die. And when you die, we are going to see who is going to get all of that. Yes. A person is a fool to store up earthly wealth, but not have a rich relationship with God. A person is a fool to store up earthly wealth and not yet have a rich relationship with God. So Jesus said, you don't have to measure your life by what you have and what you don't have. If you want to know the true measure of your life, measure it by your relationship with the Lord. That's what makes all the difference. So we are saying today that wise people live by pursuing a rich relationship with God. This man obviously, he had pursued wealth, the accumulation of wealth. You remember what the Bible says in 1 Timothy chapter 6. It says that the love of money is the root of all evil. This man obviously loved money and pursued money until he had enough of it. And he didn't know what to do with the rest of his wealth. So he was talking and bragging. Then Jesus said, anyone who makes financial pursuit his ultimate number one pursuit in life without being conscious that the most important thing in life is to develop a rich relationship with God is a fool. So we say that a wise person is one who lives his life by pursuing a rich relationship with the Lord. On that score, can I ask you, are you living as wise or you are living as foolish? Is the pursuit of a rich relationship with God a priority for you? Or is something that you can't be bothered about at all? You are obsessed with getting and getting and you don't even have room for God in your life. Are you living your life in that manner? Or you are living your life in such a way that Jesus has a central place in your life. The Bible says, encourages us to lay up treasure. But it tells us a way to lay treasure. He said, don't store up treasure. Matthew chapter 6, verse 19 to 21. He said, don't store up treasure in a place where you can easily lose it. But lay up treasure. Store up your inheritance in a place where it is most secure. Can I tell you something? The most place your inheritance, all your investment can be most secure is in Christ. In Christ, everything is secure. Outside Christ... Life is full of crisis. It's your choice to make today. It's your choice to make to decide that you are, going, you are not just going to acknowledge God and His Lordship, His existence and Lordship over your life, but you are going to make a decision that from henceforth you are going to develop a quality, spiritual, vibrant relationship with God. That's what it's about. Wise people acknowledge God's existence and Lordship over their lives. And because they mean it, they pursue a rich relationship with God. Not only do they acknowledge his existence, but they consciously enter into a rich relationship with God. What does it mean to have a rich relationship with God? A few things. One, I believe to have a rich relationship with God is to know and be known by God. God wants to know you and you must also seek to know him. God wants you to know him. He gave us Christ so we can know him. Philip asked Jesus, show us the father. Jesus said, have I been with you all this while you're asking me, show me the father. The reason why I came was to reveal the father to you. God sent his only begotten son so that through him, we can get to know him. That's how bad God wants us to know him. That's how mad God wants us to be close to him. He's given us Access unto himself, who is Christ. And so a rich relationship with God means that you know God and God knows you. Matthew 7:21. He said, In that day, many will say, I did that, I did that, I did that. And he said, Go away from me, for I never knew you. May that never be your testimony. And if you accept Christ as your Lord and Savior, Jesus, God can never tell you He doesn't know you. Because once you accept Christ. Obviously, Christ brings you into his father. Okay, this was knowing God was the top priority of Apostle Paul. Even when he was coming to the later years of his life and ministry, one cry that was strong in his heart is that, that I may know you, that I may know you and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering. That was his cry. Apostle Paul was not just a professional. He wasn't a professional Christian. He was a very practical Christian. The Bible talks about this in Titus chapter 1, verse 15 to 16. He said, Unto the pure, all things are pure. But unto them which are defiled is nothing pure, but their minds and consciences are defiled. They profess that they know God, but in works, they deny him. So people can profess to know God, but by, by their lifestyle, they deny him. Which of category are you a professional? One who confesses your knowledge of Christ without practicing your knowledge of Christ. A person who has a rich relationship with God knows God and God also knows him. First Corinthians 8 3. He says, If any man loves, anyone loves God, this one is known by him. So God does not know everybody. But he he really knows those who love him. And the Bible says, eyes have not seen nor ear heard. Neither have it entered into the heart of men the things which God has prepared for them that love him. May you enter into the category of those who love God from today in Jesus' precious name. We we'll look into scripture. God knew Abraham. He could visit Abraham. He shared fellowship with Abraham. Genesis chapter 18 verse 19. He said, I, For I know him. I know him. I know him. If there is one person I know on the earth, Abraham is that person. Again, God also knew uh, the man Job and boasted about him. He said, There is nobody like him. This is one who fears me and walks in righteousness. That was God's own testimony about Job. What's God's testimony about you? Are you someone that God can testify that you are a man after his heart or your heart is after something else? Are you one who is living your life daily in active pursuit of a closer walk with God or you are somebody who can't be bothered at all? Whether you you are hot or you are cold, you can't simply afford, you can't simply be bothered. Now look at number two, a a second way or a second meaning of rich relationship with God is To bond with God so intimately that he can entrust you with his deepest secrets. That is a man who knows God. A man who knows God has a strong bond with God. They have intimate bond with God. They are in love with God. They are close to God. They are in part with God. Nothing can separate them between between such people and God. And God trusts such people. He can work with them. He knows that if he gave them anything, they will use it to advance his purposes. So to have a rich relationship with God is to bond intimately, so intimately with God that he can trust you with his deepest secrets. The same could be said of Abraham. God said, Shall I hide the thing which I do concerning his, his the, the plan to destroy Sodom? When the angels came, he said, Shall I hide the thing which I do from Abraham? Knowing that he will surely call command his household after me i will reveal it to him and you remember when god revealed it to abraham you remember what abraham did abraham began to intercede that's a man who knows god he knows what is on the heartbeat of god god wanted to destroy sodom but abraham knew god enough to know that that was not really what god wanted he had become overwhelmed or challenged with what they were doing but his perfect will and plan was not to destroy them so he began to intercede when god entrusts you with such secrets when god gives you revelations about people about impending danger what do you do with them are you the one who just plays or you rather share them with people who can't even do much with them or you are the one who go on your knees to stand in the gap on such people abraham was one who had a close relationship with god David was a man after God's own heart, so intimate with God. The Bible says in Psalm 25 verse 14, The secret of the Lord is with them that fear him and will show them his covenant. God does not reveal his secret to anybody. But those who fear him, those who know him, those who are passionate about him, he reveals them to him. The Bible says, Eyes have not seen nor ear heard, neither have it entered into the hearts of men. The things which God has prepared for them that love him. But remember, he said, But he had revealed them unto us by his spirit. God reveals his secret to his lovers. May you become one of those lovers of God who have access to his uncommon secret in Jesus' precious name. In the book of John fifteen fifteen, he said, Henceforth, I call you no longer servants. The relationship has changed. At some point in Jesus' work with the servants, he called them servants. But at certain point, when the relationship had become stronger and they had bonded so well, he looked at them and said, I call you no longer servants. But I call you friends because whatever the Father has given me, I have revealed to you. I pray that you will join those close network of people, people that God can trust, people that God can work with, people that God can commit important responsibilities and assignments to in Jesus' precious name. Four things to note about a rich relationship with God as I prepare to bring this episode to a close. Number one, it is the most important relationship you can have on the earth. i know all of us have relationships you have family relationship marital relationship professional relationship all kinds of relationships everybody is connected to someone or some people but i want you to know today that if there is one relationship that you must prioritize in your life and pursue above all other relationships this is it this is it this is your relationship with the lord This is the most important relationship. The Bible says in Matthew 6.33, Seek ye first. When you pursue this relationship and the righteousness that accompanies that relationship, every other thing can be added unto you. Now imagine this. If you also ignore this relationship... Every other thing will be taken away from you. No wonder a lot of people have everything, but because they don't have a rich and a meaningful relationship with God, they are not able to make sense out of their lives. They have everything one could wish for in life, except an enjoyable life, which they, which has eluded them. Look at this: the Bible says in Acts chapter seventeen, verse twenty-eight. He says, "For in Him we live, in Him we move." in him we have our being in him so when he's not there take him out you cannot live take him out you cannot move and take him out you have no being so you you seem to there's there are people who who seem, seem to have a certain kind of life no wonder in the book of Psalms, david said i saw the wicked in great power but later on I was looking for him, I couldn't find him. I looked for him everywhere, I couldn't find him. He says, don't worry about the prosperity of the wicked, for he shall soon be cut down like grass. Except God establishes you, your future and your, your foundation is weak. So this is key. John fifteen three. he said, I am the vine, you are the branches. Without me, you can do nothing. What is it that you are seeking to accomplish in life? You have decided to set God aside it's a, it's a you are in a very bad game because there's no way you can accomplish that goal fulfill that dream and become all that god will have you be without pursuing a rich relationship with god it's my prayer that you will make a quality choice that henceforth you are intentionally going to develop this relationship number two it is the most profitable relationship in life every relationship has a certain measure of profit it delivers into our lives your professional relationships gives you a certain measure of benefit. Your uh, family relationship gives you a certain measure of benefit. But there is this relationship that gives you benefit in this life and the life hereafter. We are told in First Timothy 4, verse 6, 7-8, to 8, he says, But refuse profane and old white fables, and exercise yourself unto godliness, for bodily exercise... Profited little. But godliness is profitable. A rich relationship with God, which translates to a godly life, is profitable unto all things. Having the promise of the life which now is and of that which is to come. There is a relationship that secures your life in the here and the now. And then it secures your life in all of eternity. Have you entered into that relationship? And are you consciously developing that relationship? This is the only relationship that is eternal. And other people who are also into this relationship. Every other relationship without a relationship with God is temporal. When death comes, that marks the end of that relationship. But when you have a relationship with Christ, you don't die, you only sleep. I pray that you will be conscious at developing this all-important relationship in your life. The rich fool was so described because he made every investment except the most important relationship. He invested in everything, in his business, in his family, in his friends, except in consciously investing in developing in a rich relationship with God. Number three, a rich relationship with god never happens accidentally pastor i like what you are talking about i also want to have a rich relationship with god is good Great is your desire. It's good to know that you have a desire to have a rich relationship with God. But it's important, I tell you, that a rich relationship does not happen just by wishing it, desiring it. No, there is more to it than than just desire. If it was just about wishes, everybody will enter into that kind of relationship. Everybody will become that close to God. Look at this man. This man did not become rich accidentally. He took steps. He planted a garden, he planted a farm, he built uh, storerooms. All of these took steps. He saved money. This was intentional. He was very intentional. He took steps gradually to eventually end up with the amount of money he had, with the riches he had. It's the same thing. The same steps we take. To become rich physically they are the same steps in another direction we take in order to become rich spiritually if you are going to develop a rich relationship with god it begins with a clear sense of purpose and perseverance you need to make a decision and be committed to that decision you need to constantly invest in it it's not something that you can just uh, hit and run no a rich relationship never happens accidentally david said one thing i desire one thing i will seek after there is something you desire but you must go beyond desiring to seeking after it that's where it will only become a reality the bible said ask you shall, you shall be given seek ye shall find he said you shall seek me and find me when you shall search for me with all of your heart as i close a rich relationship with god is only possible where you are born again. Until you are born again, you cannot enter into a close relationship with God. If you must develop a rich relationship with God, it begins with new birth. The Bible said, except a man be born again, he cannot enter into the kingdom. Now, if you cannot enter into God's kingdom, how can you enter into a relationship with him? So, you need to be born again. A rich relationship with God is possible. And if you are born again, then you don't have to remain a baby. You have to grow. You have to desire. You have to do all the things you need to do in order to Develop a rich relationship with God. Your access into a relationship with God is Christ. He is the way, He is the truth, He is the life. In the book of Ephesians 2:18, it says, Through Him we both have access by one Spirit to God. We have access by one Spirit to the Father. Through who? Through Christ. So if you don't know Christ, you cannot. Uh, enter into a rich relationship with god that's where he actually starts from the foundation of a rich relationship with god is placing your faith in christ as your lord and savior maybe you've never made that decision maybe you've never prayed a sinner's prayer it's not too late you can do that now with me all you need to do is just say this uh, words and mean it from your heart say father i thank you for today i thank you for the gift of christ i admit i'm a sinner and I confess Christ as my Lord and Savior. From today, I renounce Satan and sin, and I place my faith in Christ. Thank you, Father, for saving me and making me a new Christian. If you pray that prayer in faith, you become a child of God. There's a link provided. Click it, and let's get to hear from you so we can help you in your walk with God. God richly bless you so much. For being part of our broadcast today i look forward to having you join us same time next week as we continue this exciting episodes and living as wise next week we are going to look at how we can ingredients that are critical that are helpful in order for us to develop a rich relationship with the lord god really bless you there's a link for partnership partner with us and let's do this together the lord bless you until i see you same time next week Maximize the grace of God. You are blessed.
0: Pastor Afuakwa has just placed in your hands the key for all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. Share your testimonies with us on 020-422-5790 or... Email us at embassyoflifechapel at gmail.com. Get interactive with Pastor Afwakwa on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For more information, visit our website at www.embassyoflife.org. Fellowship with us this and every Sunday for our service at our headquarters church from 8.30 a.m. to 11 a.m. for our Good News service